Welcome to the Moments Matter podcast, where empty nesting mom Sonia and her adulting daughter Julia, that's me, discuss what it takes to have healthy, faithful relationships with your teens all the way into their adult years. Tune in each week as we pick a life moment and talk about why it already matters and how we can take it to the next level with actionable purpose and true joy, even when it's hard. Hi, I'm Julia, and I'm here with my mom, Sonia. Sonia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I am excited about this bonus episode we're doing, answering somebody's question. I think it's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, we got our first question pretty soon after we started this podcast, actually. We got a question, hey, can you do teens and technology? <laughs> so Very quickly, we figured, that was yeah, We figured we'd, we should do that, especially if someone's asking about it, um, which was pretty exciting for us. So if you guys have questions, we are willing to at least talk about them. We definitely don't have all of the answers to no, any of the things that you ask. <laughs> we just have technology. Yeah, any of the answers. We really. have opinions and uh, conversations about them. <laughs> yeah, and best best practices, I think. Um, and so we we had a conversation about teens and technologies and technology and tried to figure out, okay, what should we talk about? And I think we came to two. Um, separate, uh, same subject, but two, like, bullet points. Uh, Number one, boundaries around being on technology instead of being with family. And then the other piece was boundaries on privacy or cautiousness about what they're looking at on technology. So... Right. And we, when we say technology, we mean like cell phones, iPads, that sort of thing. Um, laptops, yeah. Laptops. The question really was about two teens and should they have cell phones? And um, so that's what we're going to kind of go around, um, talk about today. And I want to just say that I think teens having a cell phone is a good thing, right? Because you guys didn't have cell phones for quite a while. I'm trying to think. Cell phones didn't really become a thing until... You were older. Yep. Ish. Well, smartphone. <laughs> I had a flip phone uh, in middle, not middle school. It was definitely high school, like ninth, tenth grade. And then my first smartphone, I think I got at 16. It was a little red Android <laughs> cell phone. Right. <laughs> and I got I to, yeah, it was exciting. It was an exciting time to get the smartphone for the first first time. But we liked having the kids having one because we lived 20 minutes out of town and they were always at school and at sporting events or at friends. And that was a way for us to be able to communicate when practices were done. We didn't always have to sit in the parking lot for, because sometimes practices went late. Um, and so that was hard or a game went late or a bus got back late and it was a way for you to communicate that with us. And it was also a way when you guys started driving to be able to know you got somewhere safely. Because we had a rule. Do you remember that rule? Y'all didn't like that rule. But we did have a rule. When you guys first started driving, do you remember this? And I think it lasted three to six months, depending on which child it was. When you got to a place, you had to text and say you were there. 
And then you had to text yes. when you went yeah. to the next place. And then you I had to text that. that you were there. Um, that was just from my state of mind, right? It wasn't that I didn't trust you. It was literally so I wasn't a ball of nerves every time you guys went somewhere. And it was accountability. We just wanted you guys to be accountable for where you were and that sort of thing. So we made sure that you guys... T- so having a cell phone was great on those senses. Or if you were in town and we needed you to pick up something from the store, right? Because we literally lived 20 minutes away. So it was a great way to say, hey, can you run to the store and get some whatever for us for dinner or pick up pizza <laughs> on your way home? So that was yeah, really good. Was, yes. <laughs> so definitely saying technology is not the devil. <laughs> no. um, it can be used in ways uh, that are uh, not as good. But um, the thing itself, I don't think is evil. Um, so with that said, Mm -hmm. boundaries around being on technology instead of being around family, Mm -hmm. what did we do? Well, um, one of the things we said, um, was no cell phones at the dinner table. Yep. Right. That was a huge one. And we would sit at the dinner table because that was time for us to be a family and to, you know, sit there together and to communicate. And if somebody had a cell phone and I was, I was guilty um, because I'm one of those people. I can't stand for it to ring and me not answer mm-hmm. phone. Whether I do cell remember phone that. Or the home, home phone I see. And, you know, you made a little note. It really bothered me when mom answered the phone. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because it would ring. And I thought, you know, okay, out at the dinner table means no cell phones. So no cell phones at all, even if it rings. And that was not the case. If my mom's cell phone rang, she would pick it up because maybe she thought maybe it was an emergency. I don't think we ever had a time where it was an Probably actual emergency. <laughs> you are very correct. So um, I, yeah, so I, that was... Yes, I blew that one big time. So <laughs> not all the time. It wasn't like it rang every time at dinner or anything. No. That was, that was a big one. Um, I, I've, this is a big one because... It is so easy for a teenager to get stuck on their phones and not pay attention to anything around them. But the thing is, it's the same for adults, right? So setting an example of what you want your teen to be, to follow, is that you're not always on your cell phone. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I feel like uh, I've seen... One of the hardest things I've I've watched is going into restaurants and literally every single person at the table has their face stuck to their phone and nobody is talking. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's hard. It's so sad. I watched a couple, an older couple, because they were a little bit older than us, and he was on his phone the entire meal and she just sat there and ate with a sad look on her face. And I, I w- my heart was heartbroken for her. Anyway, I think I'm getting off topic. Sorry about that. We will get back to <laughs> teens and cell phones. I just mean that they can be so distracting for they adults be, or yeah. teens. So to so have boundaries. Setting, yep, setting boundaries on that. And we even said, we talked about how we didn't set enough boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times... We, we wish we could go, or you said that you wish you could go back and set the boundary of having cell phones um, put in a, like, a basket or in the kitchen or in your room at night 
um, so that we didn't have our phones in the evening. But we never actually did have that rule, but we said um, that it would have been a good rule to establish. It would have been, yeah, I, I think so, because I just feel like it was too easy, too much of a temptation to get back on your phone when you went into the bedroom and closed your door. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another rule we had. What other rule did we have when we we said, oh, that's, that's what the other topic on the privacy cautiousness that we're doing. But um, going back to the being on technology instead of being around families, we did say about the dinner table. And we also talked about like trying not to um, each be watching something different on our phones. Like if we were going to do um, a family night, everybody was going to watch the same movie or write and put the phone away. Mm-hmm. We were going to watch YouTube videos instead of watching shows and that sort of thinking. It was a game night. It was something that was intentional and the phones were put to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is um, super helpful in cultivating just family, good relationships Um, because instead of saying no cell phones, you're inviting, you're replacing that thing with a thing that, uh, incorporates everyone and good communication and fun. And so instead of just saying no, 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 you're actually in place, you're putting a yes. Um, right. You're inviting them into an activity together. Yes. Uh, so it doesn't always seem like. I guess I'm just trying to make it clear that we want to have, we want to put something in place instead of just taking things away. Um, After listening to this podcast, you think, oh, I'm going to like set up all these rules (laughs) and boundaries um, because, you know, we wish we would have done that more. Um, I would just encourage putting something in place that replaces that time instead of just saying no, 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 because then all of a sudden your teen they're not going to like the rule anyway, probably, but at least you have something in place that can be used and um, so it's not so um, strict, I guess. Right. A chance for rebellion, in other words. Yeah. It mm-hmm. you know, goes directly against, but you're offering something else in place of. Um, I really want to get to, because this isn't going to be as long of an episode as our regular normal episodes, I really want to talk about the boundaries on privacy, cautiousness, about what they're looking at. This is like my heartbeat that really, again, being the parent in this situation, there is so much evil that can come into your home by technology. Um, It's probably the number one I wish I had statistics for you because if I did, I'm I'm sure they would say the you know all that you let into your house is through technology, whether it's the computer, whether it's an iPad, whether it's a phone, because there's so much you can access by having different apps and things on your phone. So taking caution with that, you're the adult. You need to know exactly what's on your teen's cell phone, right? what apps are on there, what apps shouldn't be. Do your research. This is something that we, when our girls were at home, it was barely when te- it was barely the time that this was becoming such an issue, right? Maybe more so when Jenna was home than when Julia and Ashley were home. 
But I remember just trying to uh, listen to different conversations and go to um, people who actually had knowledge of this, which was one of them was the principal of our, our high school. He was very knowledgeable on things and he would let me know, you know, are your girls, you know, have this on their phone? You should, you know, you know, um, make sure you're, you're paying attention to this because if you didn't know it, this app actually does this. Um, and so just learning those things, and there's so much more now than there was when you guys were younger. Um, and I know there's apps out there that can help. We're going to just say it out loud because the one way that pornography can come into your home with your teen boys and your teen girls is through their devices. And if you don't set up precautionary um, walls around these things, it can happen accidentally at first, something they put into a search engine and something pops up, but it's so easy to get addicted to it. It's so easy to have it pop up more and more on your phones and then it becomes a habit and there are ways to hide it unless you have certain apps on your phone to help you do that. I know the one that I um, know about is Covenant Eyes. It's an app that you can um, download and it makes um, the, the users accountable to each other. Um, so if they go anywhere or see anything that they're not supposed to, it alerts the other person right away. And um, it's it's a huge accountability tool. I know there's many more out there. I'm just not familiar with it at the moment. I'm not in that stage of life, but I'm hoping there's someone in your life that is that you can do research either on your own or you can go to a youth pastor or a pastor and say, hey, I really want to be cautious with what my teen is using on their phone. I know... Um, I know, for instance, that a lot of the men I know don't have Safari on their phones. They don't actually have um, a way to get to the web because it's just too tempting at different times when they're stressed and all of that or they're alone. And uh, so they just don't put it on their phones at all. They don't have to. You don't have to have a web search on your phone, right? Many people think you do, but you don't have to. Um, Anything else you want to add, Julia? No, I think that was really good. I, yeah, I think both of us uh, do not have um, great experience with it just because I got a smartphone at 16 and I don't even know if it did have, I don't think it had Safari on it at that point um, or any kind of web web uh, page. And so, so yeah, I would definitely say Covenant Eyes is uh, one of the great accountability tools. I'm sure there are other ones. So I definitely agree with everything that you said. Um, another thing about cautiousness that we haven't mentioned yet is, um, something that we did that we weren't allowed to do, um, was private message the opposite gender. I think until our 16th birthday, but even then there were still boundaries that we weren't allowed to cross. Um, I'm talking, when I say private message, I'm talking text messaging, emailing, Instagram, private message, Facebook, private message, Snapchat. I don't even, there's probably more, but (laughs) any of those, um, apps that you can private message the opposite gender, we were allowed to have, but the strict rule was you cannot talk to a boy, um, in private message. And even, even then, I think if we wanted to call a boy, because I think at 15, 
15 was probably the age that we started liking boys and <laughs> wanted to talk to them on the phone. Uh, the rule was that we had to, if we were on a call with a boy, it had to be in within hearing distance. So a lot of times uh, my s- older sister, I remember, and me, uh, we both, not at the same time, but we would sit on the staircase that led to the basement so that my mom and dad could still hear from the living room, which was connected to the living room. Um, and so they could technically listen to the conversation, even though they really weren't listening. But the idea is that I knew that I couldn't say anything that would, you know, perk my parents' ears up. (laughs) Um, and so that was a boundary that we had that honestly, I would definitely recommend it. If you have a teenager in your house that likes, has a crush on someone else, please, please put that boundary in place. It just brings so much more accountability. Um, Obviously, you know your teen best, so I can't say do it, do it. But (laughs) I would just say I would strongly encourage you, you really laying down the law with that because it only, the only thing it does is protect their purity. And that should be so important when you have teens. I am so thankful that my parents put that in place. It's, it's interesting, I, I can't though. stress it enough. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because we got a lot of flack from it from other people. Um, that wasn't like, well, what about their privacy and all those? And that's, you know, I, my husband and I, Kevin and I just felt this like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. But no, they're... They're our responsibility until they're out of our house, and we really want to help protect them. We want to help protect their purity because it is so sacred. And one of those ways is, you know, um, it was funny because like what she said, we didn't listen to their conversations, but if there was a drop in voice, like level of tone, um, like, you know, they were talking away and then all of a sudden it got really quiet and they were talking like this, we might, you know check on them, uh, poke our heads around the corner and just see what the conversation was about. Um, but we weren't listening to details of their conversations with boys to the extent of we knew everything they were talking about. But as a parent, it was also fun. Sometimes we did listen and it was hilarious. I remember specifically Jenna was talking to a boy and we were just laughing because it was great. It was awesome and pure and fun what they were talking about on the phone. And that just was... It warmed our hearts as moms and dads, and not everybody agrees with us on that one, and that's okay. Uh, I think it really helped all of our girls to have those kind of boundaries. Um, yeah, so. I will say too, it wasn't in the moment. It wasn't as <laughs> didn't see the. Uh, you didn't see the benefit of it all. The benefit, <laughs> yes, thank you. I didn't see the benefit of it in the moment. So, but I knew that was the rule. And now looking back, my husband can say, thank you very much. (laughs) Mom (laughs) and dad for mother-in-law, father-in-law for protecting my wife's purity all those years ago. Um, Because I learned, first of all, communication with the opposite gender. I learned what was acceptable and what was inappropriate. Um, So that protected my purity in a lot of ways. And also, I just learned how to date in a different way. And that's a whole other Yeah, that's going to be a fun one we talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Because not everybody agreed with us on that either. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. And so 
no one is no one is probably going to agree with this whole episode and that's okay you're going to have other convictions and the spirit um is going to convict you on other things you know your teenager more than we know your teenager um and so we can't say that all of these things are if you don't do them you know you're a bad parent or um Mm. you don't have it all together that's definitely not where we're going with this um but want you to feel like we care yeah because we do we do care (laughs) we do definitely care and um seeing how sacred that um purity is just in the teenager realm in the world that we live in it's so important to be proactive in that Um, I am so thankful to my parents for them being so proactive in in keeping those privacy things um, on the phone and having private. There were like privacy settings, I think, that my mom was connected to my phone for a while. I'm not really sure exactly how that works now with Apple um, because I I think at the time we had Apple phones that connected. I think you can have parental control over some of those things, um, which is really good, but... Definitely be proactive. Okay, so all of that to say, uh, let's review some of the takeaways. Yes, and I want to, like, if there's a mom out there that's like, I don't know, I'm giving you permission. Sometimes we wait for permission, but I'm giving your permission to, especially your young teenagers, because teens at 12, 13 are getting cell phones, be looking at those texts. Be looking at those messages. Be looking at those website histories. You have permission to be the adult and the parent and the protector of your child. So with that being said, let's review what we talked about. Yeah, thank you. That was good. (laughs) You get to set the guidelines. Mm -hmm. So the parent gets to decide on boundaries on whether they have their phones at the table making the dinner table exciting, making fun nights that um, cultivate communication and just general fun (laughs) Um, where maybe the phone isn't allowed or if it is allowed, just make it fun so that it doesn't seem like they need to be on their phone. Um, You set the example for your kids. So um, that's something that we didn't really touch on too much, but parents do set the example. Uh, We did a little bit because I wasn't a good example at different times. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we did talk about you. (laughs) We did talk about that one, remember? (laughs) Yes. And what were the other ones? Um, Boundaries on privacy and cautiousness. Just remember, finding something that protects your children's purity it's such a big thing on technology right now. Look for the apps that keep them accountable. Make sure that they don't have certain apps on their phone. Research, research, research. Do your, you know, find someone who else who's done the research and share um, conversations with them. Um, you are out. You are the parent, and it's our job to protect our kids. And then. Just think of some ways that you can, you know, continue to do that as they're growing um, into young adults and they're wanting to have these relationships. What are you doing to protect their purity? With that said, thank you for listening on today's bonus episode. 
Um, if you have anyone that would maybe benefit from just even hearing us talk about it, uh, then please share that with them if they're going through this stage of life. Please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you don't have Apple, it'd be great if you could subscribe so that you can get notifications when new episodes come out every week. We know the moments already matter, and we're here to take actionable steps toward taking them to the next level for the present and for eternity. Mm-hmm.